Good morning. All right. Our passage comes from Mark 5, chap, uh, chapter 5, verse 1 to 20. Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. I'll read it for us. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Sorry. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tomb to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion. He replied, For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs were feeding on the, the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. What they came to Jesus, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the men who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. This is God's word. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this uh, beautiful weather um, and, and, and this opportunity that you allowed us to uh, come together under this roof um, to praise you and worship you uh, through the lyrics, the songs, a melody and beat. Um, we just praise you for who you are. And as we're about to uh, listen to your voice um, through your servant, Lord, um, I pray that you will speak through me so that it, not becomes, it becomes not my word but yours only. And I pray that you would open these people's heart and mind. You would open their eyes of hearts um, so that they may um, yield to your word this morning and realize who they are um, in, in the light of the, uh, 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 the scripture this morning so that we all 
can become uh, better disciples of yours. In Jesus' name, amen. From chapter 4, uh, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God in his parables. Uh, so the kingdom of God um, was to be progressively grow and to make an impact wherever it reaches out, right? And last week, Randy talked about uh, Jesus gave an objective lesson to his disciples by revealing himself to be the Lord of the nature, Thus, the kingdom of God uh, was revealed not to be bounded by nature's and or life struggles. And its King Jesus was revealed to be the Lord of nature and our circumstances as well. Followed by their questions uh, in verse 41. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And this same Jesus traveled to uh, the, the region of uh, the Gerasons. Um, the, uh, the region of Jerusalem was uh, one of the cities uh, of Decapolis. Deca means ten major cities. Ten major cities. Uh, so it was a territory of Rome. Uh, considering our, uh, uh, our passage today, uh, the farmers kept uh, swine as their flocks. So we can assume that uh, this region was Gentile territory according to uh, the Israel. Uh, the, the, from the point of view uh, uh, from the Israelites' point of view, sorry. Yet we, we still find this Jesus, um, as, a, as a Jew, um, still traveling to the region of Jerusalem. And we see why. In verse 2, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet Jesus. And what was this man's condition? In verse 3, we know that this man lived in the tombs. According to Leviticus, uh, this person was uh, ritually, ceremonially uh, uh, defiled because he was living amongst the corpse, right? Uh, in verse 3, no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Um, he was shackled. And, and he, to him, this, somehow this unknown, a greater force controlled him. Um, and, and, and he became threatened, like dangerous to, to townspeople, so they had to shackle him. They had to lock him in. Um, and all the more Mark's report about this man um, makes us wonder, like, what is his identity even? Because in, in, from verse 2 to verse 7, it was this man who ran to Jesus. From the distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice. But all along, Jesus was actually dialoguing with an impure spirit, uh, the legion of demons. So there's this, this um, insidious bond between this man and, and, and this legion of demons. And almost it seems like this, this man was just a puppet. Verse 5, night and day among the tombs in the hills, and in the hills he would cry out. He was mourning. He, his state was a helpless, hopeless. 
and he, he, he cut himself with stones. Uh, not only he was threatened to, to other people, but he was a self-destructive man. This man, or rather we should say, uh, the, the impure spirit uh, saw Jesus from a distance, and he ran and fell uh, uh, on his knees in front of Jesus. And he said, what do you want with me? Don't torture me. Why would he do that? What, why would the impure spirit willingly uh, come to Jesus? If he actually knows that, that the Jesus overpowers him and he, he has to be subdued, um, uh, Jesus uh, is pre- predominant over him. Like, why would he willingly come to Jesus? Rather than running away from Jesus. Mark wrote in verse 8, For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. This word same as uh, when Jesus, uh, the, uh, the passage right before, when Jesus rebuked the wind and, uh, wind and the wave by saying, uh, still, uh, be quiet, uh, be quiet and be still. Uh, this word, exercomai, uh, come out, uh, is written as an imperative, which indicates that Jesus was, was the Lord of nature, but also in this passage, we, we, we know that Jesus was the Lord of the supernatural as well. For, for this, this impure spirit and, and, and the legion of demons, there was no choice for them. They couldn't even compete with Jesus. It's no match. That's who Jesus is. Do you have any worries in this world? Just like when Jesus' disciples uh, met the winds and the waves in their sailing. Do you have any problems in your life just like this demon-possessed man? Or in you? That, 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 that leads you to be marginalized from people, uh, ritually defiled. Uh, you, you, you are dangerous. People, people would uh, uh, put distance from you. And you're uh, even to the point where you're so self-destructive. Hopeless and helpless. Here is Jesus, who is the Lord of both nature and the supernatural. But here's the thing. He not only has this power to save, but he also aspires to save us. You see? In verse 8, For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. For Jesus had to said to him, For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Arthur Franz says this uh, in his commentary. The imperfect tense indicates that Jesus had already taken the initiative. So the former conversation between Jesus and the impure spirit represents one side of the uh, 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 protracted uh, dialogue. What it means is that 
I'll go back to verse 2. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tomb to meet him. Verse 6. When this man saw Jesus from a distance, this man ran and fell on his knees in front of Jesus. We both read in the two verses, this man as an active agent went to Jesus, ran to Jesus, begged Jesus for help. But all along, we, we realize in verse 8, Mark records that for because Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. What it means is that even before this man realized Jesus' presence in his life, Jesus, he, with his um, dialogue uh, with, with this impure spirit and the, the legion of demons was still ongoing even before then. What does this mean to us? Is that even before we bring our pain and speechless need in our prayer before His presence, He's already dealing with it. <laughs> For Jesus had said to the impure spirit, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Romans 5, it says, it says, but God demonstrates his love, his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2, 4 to 5 says this, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in his mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. You see that? This, this God, this, this Christ we see, according to Mark 5, He initiates His salvific work in our life even before we realize it. So I just want to encourage you people, don't give up. Like, don't... Don't give up to, to cling to this Jesus who, who, uh, who Mark portrayed in this narr narrative story. Uh, he will not delay from rescuing you and restoring you uh, wherever you're at. In other words, Jesus is coming <laughs> to our own jerseyness to save us. He is coming. What fascinates me about this, this story um, is that all the characters in the story um, experienced exact same Jesus, um, exact same incident. Um, whether it was uh, a legion of demons, uh, the people of Jerusalem, uh, or this uh, man who had been demon-possessed. But their wants from Jesus was different, or different. Mark used the same word, parakaleo, uh, uh, which NIV renders begged and, and plead, but it's the same word for these three groups of characters. Uh, but we soon realized that, that, that their motivation of this petition uh, to Jesus were different. 
Um, verse 10, the, the legion of demons um, begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. They knew who Jesus was. That, that, that's, that's really fascinating. Because, <laughs> matter in fact, they used the same exact uh, uh, the title that Mark wanted his audience to know about Jesus. In, in Mark 1, chapter 1, 1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. When this impure spirit encountered Jesus, he said, what do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In this time, Greco-Roman culture, there is a lot of gods. Uh, actually, people use this phrase, son of God, for spiritual beings. So even Caesar uh, was titled to be the son of God. When, when, but, but when this uh, legion of demons encountered Jesus, he knew, he so knew that Jesus was the most superior being that he had to subdue. So he calls him Jesus, son of the most high God. But this knowledge of Jesus and recognition of his presence did not lead this demon to follow him. That's fascinating. But what about us? Do we know who Jesus is? Probably do. Do we know that, that Jesus is the Son of the Most High God? So how does that, that, that knowledge of his, who he is and his presence amongst us even this moment lead us to follow him? Or, or, or do we respond like the demons of uh, the, the legions of demons, legion of demons? Sorry. Asking Jesus, begging Jesus again and again not to send them out of this area. This is my territory. This is Gentile. So, like you're a Jew, you're. I know you're a spiritual being, but this is our, my house. Get out. You're marginalizing Jesus, just like. Demons did. In other words, they were, they were saying, Lord, I know you're a spirit being. Just leave me alone. Not this area of my life. I will do as I wish to do. See, if our recognition of Jesus does not draw us wanting to do things with Jesus or wanting to do life with Jesus... This morning, we are just like the legion of demons. And there's other group, the people of Jerusalem. In verse 17, the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. What? That, that's nonsense to me. Like, I mean, like when I just read it through, this doesn't make sense. Because, it, I, I, because I thought this man was a problem for them. And Jesus just took care of it, right? Verse 7, uh, sorry, verse 3. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, 
not even with a chain. Verse 4, For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. I mean, he was a dangerous man. He was, he, he was threatened to, to, to townspeople. So, like, they had to lock him in. Like, they had to shackle him. And, and Jesus somehow released him from, from, from demon-possessed states. And he, we, we see that he was sitting, addressed, and his, in his right mind. <laughs> Wouldn't they give thanks to Jesus? Wouldn't they uh, welcome Jesus? You know, like, Jesus, I know you're a Jew, you don't eat porks, but like, we have really good porks. No, really, I mean, like, think about it, like, really. But, 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 but then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Why? Verse 13. Jesus gave this impure spirit permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When an enormous livelihood were were gone, when this man's healing brought the people of Jerusalem's economic catastrophe, they begged Jesus to leave them. You see, to them, this man was no more than marginalized, forgotten. To them, this man no more than, was no more than uh, uh, trouble. You see? And all the more when Jesus and his ministry uh, didn't bring a prophet profit to them, but actually had to cost their livelihood, <laughs> they even marginalized Jesus. Oh, they saw, they have ex- tasted, they experienced the power of Jesus that, that heals and restores this man from, from the spirit, supernatural being, yet they didn't know a thing about the heart of Jesus and his, his ministry. James Edwards wrote his commentary, In the eyes of Jesus, the rescue and the restoration of one person is more important than vast capital assets. Compared to the redemption of a human being, the loss of the swine herd, considerable though it is, does not rate mentioning. You see, Jesus himself left every, everything behind to come to us. He left uh, the heavenly throne. He left a uh, 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 tremendous, uh, majestic, I can't even, glorious, beautiful treasures behind to become like us. You know, this is not just hum- humbling for Jesus. It's, it's insulting. It's humiliating. Think about it, like he's a co- co-creator, and somehow he becomes a created thing. 
somehow I don't get this. I don't get this Jesus who, who traveled all, all this, uh, the, uh, the, the Sea of Galilee, endangering his own disciples' life. Through the winds and waves, they almost died. Come to this Gentile land territory, uh, to this unclean man, to the lowest low states, just to save this man who was marginalized, even amongst his Gentiles, amongst Gentiles. Somehow I'm still just counting the cost. More than loving my neighbors. Really. To me, somehow I think about more of my advancement, my education, my work. More than more than reaching out to people, restoring people's life, rescuing, just just even talking to them. Even at that moment, I'm, I'm counting my cost. <laughs> There's my 2,000 hertz. If we count our cost more than loving our neighbors, we are just like the people of Jerusalem this morning who are marginalizing Jesus in the midst of us. By pleading, leave us, Jesus. And last, here is this man who had been demon-possessed in verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. When this man truly experienced his redemption and restoration in Christ. Being able to sit at the feet of Jesus, dressed and in his right mind, he begged to follow Jesus. See, See, this man was ready to give his life back at any cost because he just found his life in Christ, who heard his agony and pain and came all the way to his lowly state to rescue him. See, only thing he wants to do is just be with Jesus. Can, can. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. It's not even a fancy thing. It's just to, just to go with him. That's all. But... Apparently, Jesus rejected his request. Instead, Jesus actually gave him a mission. Verse 19, Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. So apparently he didn't get to be the 13th disciple, according to the gospel. Uh, But according to the Mark's uh, narrative story, he became the first missionary 
It was commissioned by the Lord himself. That's amazing. And he, he apparently he, he spent his time, his life, um, just talking, a carousel, proclaiming what, 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 how Jesus, how much Jesus had done for him. And people were amazed. So I want to ask you, who are you in this story today? Are, you, are we like um, the legion of demons? Heard about Jesus? Know about Jesus? Know that he is amongst us? But somehow, my life, my career, my family, my friend, my plans are more important than we are marginalizing Jesus this morning just like demons did? Or are we like the people of Gerasons who have tasted and have seen uh, the goodness of God, uh, how powerful he is, um, who, 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 who is uh, his, his power, uh, dominion, uh, is overcoming the nature and the supernatural? But when his ministry somehow cost our life, we turn our back on Jesus and ask him to leave. See, it's all, it's all good as long as, you know, his ministry benefits us. It's, it's all good as long as Jesus, well, God answers our prayer, right? But when Jesus' ministry costs enormous livelihood, when it, when it costs our 2,000 uh, herds of pigs, <laughs> what would you say? I really hope and pray that, that, that we would be like the man uh, who had been demon-possessed this morning. See, that only happens when we truly encounter, truly recognize that it was Jesus who initiated the salvation in our life. And, and truly we are restored by his grace. Only then, only then we will be able to give our life, enormous livelihood, back to him without counting cost. And overall, in this journey, in that journey, as Mark narrative tells us, we'll revisit the question what Jesus' disciples had. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Even the, uh, the, the, uh, the legion of demons obey him. Who is this? Even my fever, my cancer obeys him. The stronger Jesus you experience, you will be able to subdue, we will be able to subdue our life to this, to this most superior being, the Son of the Most High God. Let's pray.
Lord, we thank you uh, for your word this morning. We thank you for who you are. Time for us, even when we are sinners, made us alive, even when we were dead in our transgressions. So, Lord, we call this grace and mercy. So, Lord, some, but, but somehow uh, we, we, we don't get this. <laughs> um, we, we know all about this, uh, the grace, a love, mercy, how great you are, like we sang this morning. But our life doesn't respond to this greatest knowledge in the world. Somehow there's still like hesitance um, to, to, to follow you. Even though we, throughout our life, we have uh, tasted and seen and experienced your goodness, your love uh, for the broken. But soon as it, it, it costs us, we're soon to turn our back on you and just want to walk away. So, Lord, forgive our shortcoming in this. Lord, would you uh, speak uh, to us uh, throughout this week uh, more so that we might uh, come to you, we might give our life back to you, just like this demon, uh, men who had been demon-possessed did. As we follow you in our journey, Lord, um, let us revisit this question, who is this? Everything in my life, every problems I have, every troubles, every mountains and lowest valley, even obeys Him. Then we will be able to proclaim how merciful you are, you are in our story. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.